Hey guys, I just want to give a really quick disclaimer this week uh, that we did this interview over Zoom um, and the guys at the Colossal Sandwich Shop were having some customers come through and, and some different background noise just making the sandwiches over there. Um, just uncontrollable noise, uh, not a huge deal, uh, but I just want to let you know that if you do hear any background noise um, or if the audio sounds um, a little bit kind of fuzzy at times, uh, that is the reason why. Hopefully moving forward, we will be doing all interviews in person and this was our last Zoom interview interview uh, but we will kind of see how that goes but anyway thank you guys for listening and enjoy this interview when we were in the shack before we got uh, uh, forced to, to leave um, we did curbside we did to go one of the biggest things that, that I heard about us was when we were in the shack, it would be pouring down rain. People would pull up and we wouldn't let them get out of their car. We would meet them at their car. First of all, we, we came up with almost because you can't be colossal sandwich shop and have a small. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Forward Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. I'm joined today by Terry Duncan and Jonathan Merrill, the co-owners of the Colossal Sandwich Shop in Bedford, Texas. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to have you. And, and maybe we should just start. That's Terry, right? And then the other voice is Jonathan. Is that correct? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Terry. There we go. Jonathan and Terry. Now people hopefully will... We'll know which one's which uh, moving forward, but uh, so let's start here. Let's let's start with this. On your menu, um, I, excuse me, on your website, uh, it says that you opened this place as an idea to just have a simple sandwich shop uh, where the focus was to bring a superior sandwich, but it's kind of been anything but simple, right? You've, you've had the leaking roof to COVID um, in, in your short time as, as a, a restaurant. How have you guys pushed through these issues? Well, first of all, um, you know, you just, you have to, uh, each problem that comes up, you, you just have to figure a, figure a solution for it with the, uh, the leaky roof. It, it, it wasn't quite as, as simple for us because every time we thought we had it fixed, um, we, we didn't until it, uh, compounded into such a mess that, uh, on the 29th of December, we, we had to uh, vacate the pre that premises and on the 21st of January reopened uh, at here on Airport Highway at 1220 Airport Highway in Bedford. Um, and when COVID came, we thought we were going to have to uh, lay some people off and, and instead, you know, we kind of hit that light hand you lemons, make breakfast. So we opened up for breakfast to... Uh, to start uh, uh, to stretch our hours out to keep all of our staff, and so that way we actually ended up having to add staff during this when most people were laying off. We had to hire somebody to to cover our hours. Oh, and that's it, a, that's amazing! I I didn't realize that for you guys. Yeah, and and it also opened up a new uh, area of business for us where we were. Um, we've always done catering, but now we're able to do breakfast catering. And it's, it, we would have done it before, but now it's not having to, to really plan for it because it's part of our, our, our general day. 
yeah, I, th- I think that that makes a ton of sense. But yeah, no, we uh, since we started breakfast, we actually found that there's a huge market for sandwiches in the morning. I guess third shifters or getting off work coming in, but we sell as many sandwiches in the morning as we do breakfast, wow. both in in the store and through our our delivery, our third parties. So do you, do you guys do any kind of breakfast sandwiches as well? Uh, yes, we do uh, sausage and egg. We do bacon and egg. Um, we do. We have what we call the double double, which is large on a on a, a torta roll. We do. Um, our big thing is burritos, though. We have incredible burritos. We have uh, our steak series, uh, the Mid City Steak and Cheese, and then we also have a jalapeno steak and cheese, which we do, um, which is. Quickly becoming one of our most popular, both sandwich and burritos. All our burritos come with potatoes, whatever protein they choose, eggs, cheese, and our salsa that we make. We make every we make everything from scratch in here except for our mayonnaise. Okay, <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's that's amazing. I I'm a big sandwich guy, um, and and we'll kind of get into your menu and all that uh, here in a minute, but. Um, I, you're just making me hungry and, and even just like kind of hearing a little bit of the sizzle of, of the sandwich making behind is, is, is definitely making me really hungry. So I'm definitely going to be coming out at some point soon. Um, but the great thing about sandwiches to me is, is that they are a pretty easy take and go type meal. Um, so it's one of those things that you can eat in or you can eat out. It it doesn't really matter. It's not going to lose too much of its taste if you're bringing it home or whatever. Um, but do you, to me, it seems like this is kind of the perfect post-COVID business. Do you guys agree with that, um, that this is a pretty perfect business model um, doing sandwiches? For us, for us, it, it is. And, and here, here's the thing. When we were in the shack before we got uh, uh, forced to, to leave, um, we did curbside. We did to go. We did third party. Oh, so you were already used to doing that. Yeah, so we just we just had to step back and go back to our old our old um, uh, uh, method. It, it wasn't a big a big step for us, and it also meant going forward when we open up another shop, we're going to uh, make sure that it, the the to go um, area will be uh, separate from the dine in area in terms of picking up maybe different registers. Um, a, a, a different expo area for the to-go stuff. Um, so it, 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 we just returned to what we did do, and it's, it's kind of enlightened us to what, what we can do going forward in the future that can make us more successful and, and make us more um, accessible to, to our, our clientele. Yeah, I think that's amazing because uh, we were having this discussion the other day. I work for a culinary school, and we were just talking about the future of the restaurant industry. And I, I think to go is is definitely found its way into the future, maybe more than it had in the past. And um, I think that's great that you guys are are already set up for that. Um, I love looking through Google reviews of of the places I interview because I think they really do tell a good story of of the type of establishment. Um, that's that's being run and your reviews I don't know if you've looked at them but they're overwhelmingly positive um, and what one guy said uh, he called your location and I think it was actually it was about your new location but a classic sit-down sandwich joint but filled with the love of a family-run food truck 
how important was that vibe for you guys when you opened the place that it would not only be this your classic sandwich shop but you'd also have that vibe of of this is a family and you're walking into a family when you walk into our restaurant um some of some of what our vibe was planned and some of it just kind of came along by accident you know we set out to be a small family-owned sandwich shop uh, and we certainly wanted to do better than what is available out in the market today mm -hmm. that's what that's what really spurred us to open is we couldn't find a good sandwich yeah i, I think i think that's spot on is is you really there's not a lot of places that are sandwich only uh, and and that aren't just chains um, so i think it's cool and uh, do you guys like besides just seeing the hole in the market was our sandwiches a food that that you're real passionate about as well well we're passionate about food uh, between both of us we've got over 70 years in the kitchen okay um, which, which uh going back to uh our style of business both of us spend a lot of time in in, in high-end hotels high-end Sheraton's, um, Crown Plazas. So uh, exceeding guest expectations has always been something that, that we've been drilled onto since the days of apprenticeship and, and, and culinary school back in 1990, all the way to, till today. So we're, we're very, very aware how uh, exceeding someone's expectations is, is uh, gonna help uh, really cause economic success in, in the end run. One of the biggest things that, that I heard about us was when we were in the shack, it would be pouring down rain. People would pull up and we wouldn't let them get out of their car. We would meet them at their car. Yeah. Order in the rain. And then at that time, we would have to come in, ring them up, take their card back up or they'd change out and their food out to them. And people were just astonished that we would do that. And the, the funny thing to us is we didn't know anything different. That's <laughs> how you do business. Some days it really stinks and some days it's really great. You know, and people were just like floored. And, and I, I don't know how many times uh, people have, have made statements to us like, man, they didn't you have service like this um, since the, the 50s, you know? Yeah. This takes me back when I was a kid. You know, we heard all the time and with the, the 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 age of our average uh, uh, customer and the, the the age of our 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 neighborhood here, we we have a lot of people that were around in the fifties and the sixties. So, you know, it's uh, it, it was good to hear that. But for us, that wasn't really a change of anything. Well, it was actually yeah. kind, of a, kind of a pleasant surprise because we know, like Jonathan just said, we were all this time we're just doing what we were trained to do um, and not realizing that the, the, the demographics that we were in were not necessarily used to that level of service. And, and again, we were just doing what we were trained to do from early on in our careers. Yeah. And I think that's cool because if, if it is just, if it does just come natural to you, um, then it doesn't feel like something that's forced because I think sometimes you know, there might be a place and, and recently having to do curbside um, at a lot of different locations where it's, it's clearly not the person's number one uh, thing that they want to be doing is running out to the car, right? But if you guys have that just ingrained in yourselves, I, I think that just makes the experience that much better.
Um, so I wanted to ask you guys about uh, the, the creativity that goes into making sandwiches. I think um, you've basically got a blank canvas when you've got your two pieces of bread and you can put anything in the middle of it. Um, I've loved looking through your menu. I'm excited to come uh, try out some of the foods. Um, but who, who's responsible for the most part uh, for putting together the menu? Well, we are, um, period. And um, he, we started off, in, and a lot of thought goes into anything we put in. Before we, um, before we even wrote our menu, we went and sourced um, the bread we would use for, say, the Reuben. Okay. You know, and initially we had sourced a five-eighth-inch thick marble rye, and we we wanted that thickness because um, we were putting eight ounces plus kraut on it. We didn't want the bread to soggy, and we didn't want it to rip when we picked it up. Um, as we moved down here, um, especially with the availability um, of that product, we were fortunate we found another product, which is a sourdough marble rye, and which had the same sturdiness as that 5 8 inch with a half inch slice. So we're always, always looking. And if, if you look at, say, our, our Cuban, uh, back in the 80s, um, I, I lived in Boston, and, and right next to the area I lived was a place called Little Havana, and I used to get Cubanos there all the time. And the, the one thing I didn't like about them was they used straight yellow mustard. Yeah. And I would always ask them to put mayonnaise on it with the mustard to, to smooth it out. So uh, in, in conversation, Terry and I, when we, uh, when we put the Cubano together, I was adamant I didn't want to do mustard, and he kind of agreed with me. So we sat down and we created a mustard sauce and where we used five mustards. And then we married it with the pork and we had to make a decision where we we're going to do like a pulled pork, where we we're going to do a roasted pork. And we came down that we'd rather pay a little bit more for loin, using the pork loin and uh, pre-cooking that to rare, medium rare, slicing it and then cooking it as a fresh sandwich at the time of service and so each step each way we season everything has been meticulously gone over and, and over the years um we 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 just honed things like our recipe we were doing in 95 we were practicing the recipe for our crowd um probably back into 92 yeah 92 yeah i've been um, making sauerkraut the way we do it here for probably the last 20, 25 years, and I've never seen anybody else ever do it that way. Really? Um, except for the person that I learned it from, which at the time happened to be a German chef. <laughs> so you, you got straight from the source. That's awesome. Well, uh, well, he, he says that we, we, we uh, took his idea, and we, you can't even recognize it the way we do it now as what the person he got it from we're, uh, it's very much individual, and mm -hmm. it's almost uncrowd crowd. Okay, so, so that's that's interesting to me because I've never liked sauerkraut. Um, so I wonder if I were to taste your sauerkraut, I wonder if I would like it. Um, I, I would bet you would. I've had one person who said they didn't like sauerkraut, who didn't like our sauerkraut. Every other person has said, "Wow, that's really good." Okay. So I've only had. One person since we opened, and that's in a year and a half, and 
probably, I, I, I would say, over a thousand Rubens. Um, one person has said they didn't like crowd at, they didn't like our crowd too. So, so those statistics aren't bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> one out of a thousand is, is, is not bad. You'll take that any day. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I like, uh, that when you're looking online, people are raving about your, your Cubano sandwich. And I, I like that you gave that cool explanation of what makes it different and what it is probably that people do enjoy about that. Um, as opposed to maybe some other places um, with the Cuban where, where it's done a little bit differently. Um, I just want to commend you guys on, on the thought process that it sounds like went into every single sandwich, uh, because I think that's part of probably what makes you guys so successful is, is the thought and care. Um, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, with just going out to the cars and, and um, being service like that. Uh, now, with all that being said, and, and you guys, all of these sandwiches are somewhat kind of like your babies, I'm sure. Uh, do you have a favorite, or is it impossible to pick favorites on your menu? The one I'm eating. Okay, which is? No, that's my favorite. Oh, just whichever one you're eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could go, go through it, and I'll tell you another thing that, that I love about our Cuban is we don't use a panini press. We use cast iron uh, hand press. Okay. And we butter the outside of it, and we press it. So you get the crispy uh, outside with the soft inside with the saltiness of the pickles that almost dissolve into the bread with the mustard sauce. It's, I mean, I, I guess if I had to pick a favorite, that would be it. But I, it, it would be like if someone asked me, who's my favorite kid? <laughs> the one I'm with? Yeah. <laughs> with the Reuben or the Mufalada on that one. But okay. And, and what's the what's the mufalada? Uh, that's that's a traditional New Orleans style. Untraditionally, uh, untraditionally, yeah. Is uh, that the one that's red lettuce wrap that you guys do? Well, we can do it in a lettuce wrap. That's okay. The, we actually we can do all our sandwiches Any in a lettuce wrap, including the grilled uh, cheese. But that's the one that's on the menu listed on the menu in a lettuce wrap. But the sandwich itself comes on a on a large white torta bread. Um, but what sets that off is the olive tamponade that we make. Um, and it's a blend of three different olives, green olives, black olives, and Kalamata olives. And we chop in some fresh garlic and some fresh herbs into it. Um, and then we, we also uh, put a little bit of our uh, house-made vinaigrette in there to kind of keep it moist. And so, did I just hear you say you could do the grilled cheese on a lettuce wrap? Yes, I I can do our uh, both both our gooey's our gooey vegetable and our gooey bacon and tomato. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. It's well, not easy. It, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I can't it's, imagine. It's a timing thing, but but I've had people ask, and as a matter of fact, um, since I've been telling everybody because the, the gluten uh, intolerant uh, growth, I'll say um, we've really been been trying to, to make sure that, that without bringing in gluten-free bread, which I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of. Mm -hmm. and I'm, besides being a chef, I'm, I'm a professional baker, and I have tried endlessly to, to come up with a gluten-free bread that, that would, would hold one of our sandwiches or a gluten-free pizza for us, and I just haven't had one that I would be proud to sell. Mm-hmm. And not bought or 
or um, made. So I'm in, until the time I can figure out how to make one, uh, the only, our gluten-free option is lettuce. So I just want to make sure that we can do every sandwich that way. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, just another thing to, that's going to be progressive and, and you're going to see more and more people heading in that direction. Um, so to have that option on the menu is, is great. Um, I'm from New Jersey originally, and, and an Italian grinder is kind of what I grew up eating all the time. And you barely ever find that around here. What what made you put that on the menu? And I know you mentioned you had lived in Boston. Was that kind of what inspired putting that Italian grinder on there? Um, re really, it was in, when I was in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. I was the executive chef at the Crown Plaza in Hartford. Okay. And um, people were looking for uh, – people were uh, looking for – a good sandwich and I, I had had a grinder up there that was kind of good but they didn't put mayonnaise on it I'm a mayonnaise person to I me, can tell <laughs> to me a, a sandwich isn't a sandwich without mayonnaise so um, I, I, I reproduced the, the grinder the way I liked it and put mayonnaise on it and uh, then Terry and I uh, messed around and we came up with a uh, a way of making a vinaigrette that's subtle, um, just enough to, to really make the, the, the produce kick and blend with the mayonnaise. And uh, so that, that was our grinder. And, and it was really, for me, it was influenced by, um, by uh, in Hartford and for Terry. Terry likes vinegar on a sandwich anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do, I do too. I, I agree with you guys, both of you guys, that um, vinegar and then mayo are pretty much going to be on almost all of my sandwiches. Um, so I, I like that you do that. And, and that will probably be my order will be the, the grinder. Because like I said, it's, it's just something that's hard to find around here. Um, our, grinder, our grinder is 22 pieces of meat and cheese. Is it really? Yeah, ten to eleven inch inch French bread. All of our sandwiches, we we uh, butter and griddle. Okay. We don't, have, we, we don't have an oven in here. Everything we do, we griddle. Okay. Nor do we have a dry toaster. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Interesting. We don't have a fryer. We don't have fountain drinks. Um, yeah, I I love the simplicity of of what you guys do. Was it important to you when you were starting this out that you wanted to keep it, we're going to focus on the sandwiches. We're not going to have all these other frills. And now obviously you do breakfast as well. Um, but, but was that simplicity important, just perfecting one thing, or did you just kind of fall into that? When we, when we started off, we were going to be uh, the Colossal and have 12 sandwiches. And by the time we finished eight, we were looking at doing a roast beef dip. And then we, we were, would have had to come up with uh, having a way of holding hot jus and and we just said, you know what? Let's just stay here. Uh, we, we, we talked and talked to try and get to 12, but we, we settled at eight. And, and we, ha we call those eight the Colossal Eight. And those are our bread and butter. That's what we started with. It's the name of our, our corporation. Um, it's the Colossal Eight. And then when we moved here to Broaden, we added things like the tuna or the lettuce wrap. Um, uh, instead of just having a vegetable ooey gooey, we added the bacon and tomato ooey gooey. We didn't really 
run away with anything except for the tuna going off the beaten path. Okay. You know, the lettuce wrap is still our mucolata. And um, one of the, the proudest things about that is we don't use filler. If I, I was chef for seven years at the, at, well, most of the time at the convention center in Shreveport and the rest of the time at the, their big country club out there. And, and everybody who makes a mucolata puts that gardenia mix, uh, cauliflower, carrots, and onions or whatever. And I, and they grind that up and then they add olives to it. And it, it just, to me, it ruins it. So, um, you know, we, we just, we stayed true to that. Um, and, but we did add the tuna and, and we didn't really do anything where we had to bring in other inventory um, except for the tuna. Okay. And our tuna sandwich is incredible. And, and actually, that's done on the griddle as well, right? You sear yeah, it on the griddle. Yeah, we basically, it's basically a blackened tuna, but we're using sashimi grade uh, yellowfin and we're serving it rare. Um, with wasabi mayo on the bread, and then we have a toasted sesame vinaigrette that we put on the greens with tomatoes, and it, it is an incredible sandwich, absolutely. And we put pickled vinegar, pickled ginger, in the in the in the salad as well. Okay, and just an absolutely incredible sandwich. Uh, it's I mean, if anyone's listening to this and not hungry by the end of it i i think they might have some some kind of issue with them um <laughs> so what you you mentioned it before and, and just to kind of wrap it up um you mentioned it before that uh there is a plan maybe for a second shop um what what are your uh future plans what do they look like well once we get is 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 uh close to perfecting this this model um then we will start and we will um, hopefully open up another one, maybe in Fort Worth, maybe in Dallas. Um, but the, the important thing is, is it has to be a community base. And um, I, I, after school, I went into the army and I was a medic and then I was a paramedic and, a, and I worked for fire departments. And um, I, I, I learned how the, the small community works um, with the fire department, the police, and so we're really we're really big into the city here. As a matter of fact, our first customer was uh, the, one of the inspectors for the, the city, and he had the Italian grinder, and he's from New Jersey as well. Okay. So and he he still well now he's on our jalapeno cheese cheese steak, uh, <laughs> but he still swears by our our uh, our grinder as as being a northerner or a yankee yep <laughs> um, so he swears by it you know so and and that's an important important thing for for us is to have somebody we like with the cubano and our tripleta which is a puerto rican tripleta um it we have a following in the lat latino community of, of people that come here for those two sandwiches. We have Cuban following, we have Puerto Rican following, and then we just have the Latino following that comes for those sandwiches. And that's, that's yeah, I mean, people that have had it in places that are more known for it than Texas 
Um, that's the kind of people you want, right? <laughs> Liking yeah, a sandwich. Uh, some, some guy left us a message and he says he, it, it, it reminds him of being in a bodega in, uh, in Miami. That's awesome. That's you know? awesome. And that's, that's the exact response that we wanted when we did it. Yeah, that's, that's the highest praise really you could get almost. So that, that's great. Um, I did actually, I just had uh, one other question. This is kind of dumb, but what, what's the difference on your menu between the almost and the full? I just like those qualifiers. So I wanted to know what, what yeah, exactly that, is the difference? Well, first of all, we, we came up with almost because you can't be colossal sandwich shop and have a small. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, the almost is a half sandwich. Um, uh, okay. Nine gotcha. times out of ten, though, it's really more than a half. Like, if you get the mid cities um, steak and cheese, it has it has uh, three and a half ounces of cheese on it. Um, three three pieces, uh, actually, or three ounces of cheese on it. Three pieces of cheese that that are, 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 are rather large and we'll uh we'll use two for an almost okay so and um we do the same thing with a club you you get two whole pieces of cheese instead of which is what you get with a whole club instead of one piece of cheese so it, it it's half but it, it it rarely is it ever half okay we would rather somebody get a sandwich that has more than it's supposed to, than less than it's absolutely. To. Mm -hmm. so I think, that, I think that makes sense. Yeah, we would rather err in the favor yeah. of the consumer on that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, on honestly, um, we our sandwiches are ten to eleven inches uh, when we cut the French bread. Um, when we do a half, that that puts you at a five-inch sandwich, and that's a little bit too small. So do an almost Cubano or an almost grinder. It's always long. It's the bread is always longer than a half. We'll call it a half, but it's truly an almost. And we've always since since day one, we had the the full size of the colossal size and the almost colossal size. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I love it. I think, like you said, if you're the colossal sandwich shop, and then someone's coming in and ordering a small or a tiny or something, it just yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. Um, well, thank you guys both so much for coming on. I, I appreciate you taking the time today. Um, will you just let everyone know where they can find your shop and then also where they can find you on social media? We are located at 1220 Airport Freeway in Bedford, Texas, and that's right at the intersection of Airport Freeway and Bedford Ulysses Road, or Bedford Road right here, I think. Um, and there, there's an Albertsons in this shopping it's center down here. Plaza. Cimarron Plaza. Okay. Um, our website is www.colossalsandwich.com. We can also be found on Facebook. Um, I believe we have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram. I'm not technologically advanced enough to be able to tell you anything more than that. <laughs> no worries. Just look up Colossal oh. Sandwich Shop. They'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Terry, Jonathan, thank you guys so much for giving me the time today. I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, uh, we we hope that you'll you'll come up and and uh, eat with us. We our dining room is open. We have we have twenty five percent of our seats open, but we also have out a little bit of outdoor seating, and we we love to run through a couple of our menu items, let you check them out. And, 
give you a better perspective of, of who we are and what we do. Well, put, put me on the schedule for next week. I'll be there. All right. You've, All right. you've convinced me. <laughs> well, right. th thanks again, guys. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. That episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427.